afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is so great to be back in the big chair. Stan, I missed you. Yeah, your guest host kept the chair warm at least for I you. Know. But that's about it, I know. I heard Howard Root do the first five minutes, and I thought, he is on a roll. Go, baby, go. I hope he kept it up for the... He's a very the... well-spoken man. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's really smart. Really smart. Um, I, I knew the listeners would like that. Anyway, I am so glad to be back. I I missed being here in studio. Some things never change. Of course, I get here and I hug Stan because I missed him because, remember, we were out at the state fair for two weeks and then last week Howard filled in for me and so now I'm back again. I turn on the gopher game because I bleed maroon and gold and I'm watching. They're up by three and I'm watching the gophers and I see this um, these new helmets that they have and they have a picture of this uh, smiley, happy, wimpy-looking gopher uh, go. on the side of their <laughs> on the side of their helmet, and I'm like, Stan, Google that, Google that. What is up with that? Why do they You're have about a happy the only gopher? one I found that does not like the helmet. You called them; they look like a bunch of cupcakes yeah. out there. And I said, Why do you have to bring politics into my college football? Well, I wanted I wanted the gophers to kick butt. I didn't want them to have some smiley face, goldie gopher on the side of their. People probably laugh at them for being so wimpy. Oh, I don't think so. <sighs> All right. Are anyway, they winning, by the way, yeah, they're up See? three nothing. I know. Well, come on, they're playing Middle Tennessee, so it may not be very intimidating, but it may calm the nerves of the other team, which would make them less aggressive. Yeah, which maybe. in turn will uh, help I'm, us win. I'm pretty sure the, good the strategy. our new coach isn't going to let us get. Uh, <laughs> get wimpy. I'm almost positive. Anyway, I have a great show planned for today. Tomorrow's Constitution Day. We should be celebrating the ratification of our Constitution. I'm wondering if there's anything left to celebrate with as crazy as things are. We're going to talk about Dayton's Minnesota. There are so many stories that you probably might have missed over the course of the last couple weeks. It's a never-ending parade. It's just really unbelievable. And now they even have a, a poll going on where they're trying to decide if the Christopher Columbus statue over in St. Paul should be replaced uh, with a Prince statue. Good, uh, good use of our tax dollars, right? Oh, my right? gosh. I know, I know, I know. I just, I just can't believe it. And, you know, it's the same... It's like I walk into the studio and I go crazy at the stupid no, out there. I, lo I, I love Prince. Don't get me wrong. And, you know, it was a bad thing when he uh, passed <laughs> away. But it, it's so funny. He died how... of a drug overdose. Exa that is exactly my point. So, okay, you know, Christopher Columbus probably did a few bad things while he was discovering the earth, uh, you know, 600 years ago or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> but uh, at the same time, because he's from Minnesota... And I used to joke about this with Iowa people, but Minnesotans right. are just as bad. Oh, totally. You know, whenever it's somebody from Minnesota, they're the greatest thing yeah. since sliced bread. You and might want to. We'll wanna... just overlook that <laughs> the fact that he overdosed on drugs. Yeah. And now we're going to enshrine him. Yeah. And, and let's mention, too, the guy was against gay marriage. So, hello, people. <gasps> <laughs> no, that, not that. I can't believe they'd give him a statue. And, and granted, it doesn't matter that it was 20 years ago. It's, yeah, he died of a drug overdose. Uh, but the thing that got me the most wound up this, this week was probably Al Franken. Al Franken. What a loser. The guy is wrong on single payer. He's wrong on due process. He's wrong on judges. He's wrong on amnesty. He is so wrong for Minnesota. And now he thinks he might possibly run for president. I just, I am just, 
I am just astonished at this. Probably the thing that got me the most fired up this weekend was Bernie Sanders unveiled his Medicare for All legislation on Wednesday with the support of 16, 15 or 16 uh, Democrat co-sponsors, including Minnesota's fool Al. Yeah, Al Franken. It cost us $13.8 trillion to, over the next decade to pay for expanding this program that is already totally underfunded. And why you would want people to to have such awful care with fewer doctors, ration care, lower innovation. You know, have we learned nothing from the socialists? Have we learned nothing from Obamacare? Why in the hell would anybody think government-run health care would ever, ever, ever be a success? Yes? Because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, <laughs> and doggone I mean, it, people like people me. People like me. Yeah, that well, is why, Al, Sue. I don't like you. I don't like you, and I think you're an economic illiterate. It just it, it drives me absolutely crazy. Bernie Sanders came out and said Americans would get health coverage simply by showing a new government-issued card and would no longer owe out-of-pocket expenses like deductibles. Um, he said... Uh, he didn't. He didn't have any specifics, of course. Uh, yeah, why not? Like how much it would cost? Oh, thirteen point eight trillion dollars, three trillion dollars a year. And but Bernie said, yeah, yeah, he'll have a plan to pay for it. And you know what, people, people who have employer-based care, your your care would your. I'm sorry, people who have employer-based insurance, you would lose your insurance too. There would be no more employer-based insurance. And think of it as think of it as the DMV or the TSA running our health care. And it just drives me absolutely crazy when you think how much government has screwed up health care and screwed up insurance. And now they want to give government even more power and more control. How stupid can you people be? Drives me crazy, crazy, crazy. That'll be the second hour, though, so I'll calm down before we before we get into that. Oh, in the second hour, once I get done ranting and raving and educating, hopefully a bunch of you about how bad single payer is, um, the Child Protection League is having their annual fundraiser this month, and Julie Quist is going to call in and tell us uh, all the details, uh, who, what, where, when, and why. Uh, this is a really great event, and you should all try to go. Uh, there are all different levels that, that, you know, you can buy a table and you, or you can, you know, pay lots of money or you can just be a normal person and go. Um, the Child Protection League has done so many fabulous things. This year's event is is called Hijacking Their Minds. It's about how safe schools and social-emotional learning indoctrinate our children. Uh, there's two guest speakers, Karen Ephraim. Uh, Dr. Ephraim will call in 435 today to tell us uh, some... Uh, Tell us a few things so that you're going to really want to attend. And then next week, we're going to give a push, too. And the keynote is going to be given by Stella Morilato. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Someone will correct me in the second hour. Uh, she writes for The Federalist, an American thinker, and a whole bunch of other uh, great, great, great publications. Uh, and it, it's just going to be so interesting. And uh, Karen Ephraim just sent me a, a link that said the Southern Poverty Law Center, which uh, everyone on the left seems to think they get to be the deciding factor for what 
uh, defines hate speech. There's no such thing as hate speech, people. We live in a free country. Uh, They have got the Southern Poverty Law Center has the Child Protection League on hate watch. And that's a list they have of people who of groups that they think are hateful, according to their definition, which is totally, totally ridiculous, of course. Oh, my gosh. It was okay. It was yeah, crazy, 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 crazy. OK, so we were out at the fair for two weeks. Then, and I again, thank you to Howard Root for filling in for me last week while I did family stuff. I had a blast. Love it. Um, out at the state fair. Stan, I'm never going to the state fair again without you. I'm going to make sure Andrew says you can come out with me next year because I missed you out there. Do you know we broke a record? We did. We broke a record. For attendance? Uh Uh-huh. Or for fingers? Over the... No, (laughs) I got no fingers. Gosh darn it. None. Maybe it was because I wasn't there. Maybe they were really flipping me off (laughs) all these years. No, no. (laughs) I think part of it was it wasn't... uh, presidential election yeah, that's and i think another part of it was Muslim people <laughs> people weren't yeah but people were not talking politics really i mean we did because we had some of the politicians on and because we talk about politics but people were just out to the fair to have fun and i talked about how it was a little bit of a different vibe out there people weren't as keyed up they really did just want to go and have fun but the attendance for the 12 days this year was 1.997 million people which is unbelievable it broke an all-time record uh beat last year's which i thought last year's was was great there were a few uh hateful weird goofy things that happened i think one week i told you about um, a, a woman who came up to a vet who was working at the MNGOP booth and said, oh, are you a white supremacist? And there was another one where a 17-year-old who was wearing the Republican's mascot um, just had a drink thrown in his face. But but for the most part, it was, like I say, really uh, calm and respectful. And people actually did have really – I talked to Matt Dean. I talked to Jeff Johnson. I talked to a couple of the other – uh, candidates, and they said they had a really great time. Uh, the DFL said at their state fair booth they sold 15,000 pieces of merchandise, and their most popular T-shirt was a map of North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, and Wisconsin, all in red, and Minnesota covered in blue, and the words underneath it said, don't blame us, ha-ha, yuck, yuck. Yeah, whatever. Uh, They said their best-selling booth, their best-selling button at the DFL booth was um, no human is illegal, defend defend DACA. Uh, David Strom said there were two T-shirts that he saw out at the fair. One was a 60-ish aged man wearing a black T-shirt that said F-word Republicans. How classy. classy. I saw another one like that, too. I can't remember what it was, <laughs> but it wasn't Republicans. But, yeah, yeah. it was uh, he, he saw another one that said uh, it was a picture of Jesus on, the cro- Christ, Jesus on the cross, and it had the subtitle, Get Over It, He's Not Coming Back. Ooh, I mean, what? <laughs> Why would you wear that to the state fair? <laughs> you wear your twins shirt or your gopher shirt or your Vikings shirt. Uh, John Hinderocker, who I am, I love following him on Twitter. Uh, he had a picture um, 
that uh, he had a picture of Amy Klobuchar's booth, and if you looked over the side of Amy Klobuchar's booth, you could see right behind it was a picture of Bob's Snake Zoo. <laughs> and he said, coincidental? <laughs> it's Medusa. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved that one, too. Uh, Bob or John Hinderocker also said that um, the GOP booth was doing a brisk business selling T-shirts and buttons as well as having visitors poll on a large number of issues and repealing Obamacare was number one, no surprise. And then, of course, we had the corn poll. I'm really surprised, or maybe, I don't know. I, I am surprised. Jeff Johnson won the corn poll. There's no science involved. You just throw your corn in, you know, whatever. Now, did some people get two kernels of corn? Or no, you get a little. Four? You get a little cup uh, of it. It's yeah, just a little cup. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, um, I'm not quite done talking about the fair because we talked about the House and the Senate out at the education booth at the state fair. They have their their questionnaire, and every time I go to the fair, I fill it out. It's in the education building, so of course you have mostly Democrats who are filling it out. Uh, but some of the results, you know, with Constitution Day being tomorrow, I just get irritated, irritated when people want to have government do everything for them. Come on, people. Ooh. Stay tuned. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sue Jeffers. This is the Sue Jeffers Show, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and I'm um, Wrapping up our, my thoughts about the State Fair. I love the State Fair. I had a blast out there. Oh my gosh, it was so crowded and people, the mood of people out there out there this year, I think was fabulous. I obviously had a lot of political discussions because I did my show out there two Saturdays and I was out there for some other things as well. And so I talked a lot of politics and even people who disagreed with me, we managed to have uh, civil, polite, respectable conversations about politics. And I, every uh, every time I went out to the fair, I'd go over to the education building and I'd take the poll that the Minnesota legislature, both the Senate and the House, have their booths in the education building. And they each have a poll that they write up. And these are an indication of what's going to happen in the upcoming legislative session. They're trying to get a feel for it. it. There's nothing scientific about it. I repeat, it's in the education building. But I'll tell you, they must have the most uneducated, uninformed people in the world in that building filling this thing out because they 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 take a problem real or event, invented and and they there is nothing they don't want government to do there is nothing they don't expect government to sci find a solution for there is there they they just do not understand the role of government and how how much stronger and better we could be if we didn't have government sticking their nose in every little thing that we do so a couple of these really uh, are just shocking to me uh, some of the the first question should handheld cell phone use be illegal when operating a motor vehicle except in emergency situations 74.8 percent of the people said yes people how stupid are you do you think because because we make a law that says you can't be on your cell phone when you're driving do you think it's going to stop people 
Do you think it's going to stop people from texting? That's always the one thing I find interesting when the when daylight savings time comes into effect where it gets dark so much earlier. Uh, it's people on their cell phones because your phone lights up in the car. They they give more tickets in the winter than in the summer because they can see the light of your phone. But the whole point is you look at other states, it doesn't stop the deaths. It doesn't stop the accidents. It doesn't sp- stop people swerving stop over it. No, it won't. It won't. And this is not the role of government. It drives me absolutely crazy. There is nothing. They don't think government should stick their their nose in. I think the texting and driving is going to be the next DWI in the nation. That's going to be their next big revenue maker. Oh, I don't think so because we're going to have driverless cars. Because the new generation (laughs) does it a lot more. Yeah, we're going to have know. driverless cars, so I don't think we're going to have to worry about that one. Trust me, we they'll find. We driverless cars no, 20 you know years what, ago. You know what? We're going to – one of the other questions that what was on – this this was the one. Uh, here's where they're getting their revenue from, Stan. You want to know where they're getting their revenue from? Should Minnesota allow recreational use of marijuana for those age 21 and under? 50% of the people said yes. That's where they're getting their money from. Well, that's Follow the be money. another stream, yeah. They had an article in the paper – this week that talked about the pot market, the black market, pot market in Minnesota was $700 million. That's staggering. And, of course, we at Minnesota has the worst pot law ever, medical marijuana. That's all we have. Now, I think this year they just expanded it to uh, people with post-traumatic stress syndrome. Uh, but it's the worst one in the world. And Dayton says flat out, no way, I'm not. There's not going to be recreational pot as long as I'm governor. But you have um, a boatload of the Democrat governors, some of the Republican governor candidates uh, who are saying that, yeah, they'd they'd legalize pot. Uh, but it doesn't matter. They're just going to keep taxing the crap out of Minnesotans uh, until they do get recreational use of marijuana. Uh, that I think that's I think that ship has sailed. There's I think it's really truly only a matter of time. Um, oh, here's another one. Under the current law, anyone can be charged with a misdemeanor or intentionally obstructing traffic on a highway or at an airport. Should the penalty be increased to a gross misdemeanor? Forty four percent said yes. Forty six percent said no. That's pretty interesting. And and the whole point is if you're if your county attorney won't charge him, who cares what the penalty is? I mean, really? Yeah, you know? and I think that's a law, too, that, you know, because of what happened here, it's kind of a hot topic, I guess, if you want to, so to speak. But at the same time, I don't think it's a, an issue that comes up regularly, you know, a common problem. So yeah. why even mess and waste the time with it? Yeah. Um, here's another one. Should local governments be prohibited from adopting ordinances that regulate a minimum wage, uh, paid or unpaid leave, and other work benefits? Shockingly, 57% over almost 58% said no. And I agree with that. Uh, 34.4% said yes. That's so interesting because technically uh, the, the local governments wouldn't be stupid enough to do it. But here in Minnesota, we have a bunch of uh, a bunch of of local municipalities who are interfering in the minimum wage, are interfering in paid and unpaid leave and other work benefits, 
and and it's to the detriment of the businesses in those cities. And I harp on you guys all the time. Pay attention to the local elections. Do you know what's happening? What is your city doing? Are you paying attention? Uh, this was just shocking to me. Uh, would you support increasing the state's 28.5 cents per gallon gas tax by at least 10 cents to help fund highway and bridge needs no. across the state? 60% of the people said yes. <laughs> Are they morons or what? I'm getting a driverless electric car. Oh, my gosh. I, well, you shouldn't because they want to double the biodiesel fuel uh, mandate. It's so. electric, so I don't have to pay any. Well, it's going to drive up energy costs, so you won't be able to charge your car. Um, the the idea that 60% of the people who answered this poll would increase a gas tax by 10 cents is astonishing. And it shows just how ignorant they are about where money is being spent in the state of Minnesota. When you think of the billions and billions and billions of dollars that we've spent on light rail boondoggles and the billions and billions and billions more that they want to spend on it, this is absolutely ridiculous. I, I'm, I'm just shocked. Another one that really shocked me, too. Should the Minnesota legislature legalize sports gambling? 55% of the people said no. I mean, what what's the big deal? You know, I, I just and and then along those along those same lines, um, oh, where did this one go? Um, oh yeah. Okay. So um Sunday off-sale liquor sales began in July. Should taxes attributed to Sunday sales be dedicated to fund chemical dependency treatment programs? 45% of the people said no. The correct or said yes. The correct answer is no. The correct answer is no. That is not the role of government. That is not what they should be doing. And you shouldn't have dedicated funding for anything. That's why we have legislators. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I'm just shocked that people think that government should, should control so many parts of our life. How much of your paycheck do you want to keep and spend for you and your, your family? Do you just want to keep giving more and more and more to our greedy politicians? The greedy politicians are never happy. We're looking at a state budget of $46 billion. That is astonishing. And people still want to give the government more money. They still want the government to do more things to, to, to protect them from people who are texting and driving, to protect them from uh, protesters in the street, to protect them from it's, – it's just, it's just absolutely amazing. Okay, we're going to take a, a, a quick break because I want to tell you about some of the other things that are happening in, in Minnesota that you probably haven't – Heard, heard much about. Uh, we got an update on female genital mutilation. We got an update on Real ID. We got an update on the Minnesota Public Safety Computer. Uh, that's the licensing and registration computer that's been a disaster. Uh, we got some test scores that we're going to update again, too. And then we had a tragic, tragic story. This is horrible, Stan. It happened in your neck of the woods. There was a murder-suicide in Orono, and this was a mom who killed herself and her five-year-old child, five-year-old son. It was the most tragic, horrible, heartbreaking story I've ever heard. Obviously, there was a bitter custody battle. Well, not obviously, but it shouldn't surprise anyone to hear that there, that there was a custody battle going on here. Uh, but it, right in the obituary uh, for this beautiful little boy, 
Uh, they're talking about how they're going to go to the Capitol to get legislation to prevent this from ever happening again. It's a bad idea, people, a bad idea. Is Seriously, is there anything you don't want government to decide for you? What's the point of being a free nation? How, how are we supposed to celebrate Constitution Day tomorrow when people look and expect government to solve every teeny tiny little thing in our lives? Stay tuned. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Like a young man with the wisdom of an old man. Oh, go first. Tied at 3 3. Wait till the second half. <laughs> Those helmets with that dang smiling <laughs> gopher on this win. side That's of it. That's all I'm saying. I just hope they win for my big sake. Big old smile, big old buck I'm being greedy sticking here. out. <sighs> he was named the number one mascot in the nation here just a couple of years ago. Did you know what that? Whatever. I'm sure it wasn't the smiley buck-tooth gopher that's painted <laughs> that's what on the, the side is, of his is the smiley helmet. buck-tooth gopher. And gophers are cute, dang it. Yeah, going to the Rose Bowl with that stupid goldie gopher painted on the side of their helmets. Okay, okay. So two other th- questions I wanted to point out about the poll. Um, some metro cities have have... Uh, raised or are considering raising the minimum age to buy tobacco products from 18 to 21 should this change be made statewide. 66% of you idiots out there who answered this poll said yes. So ridiculous. It's It's a legal product that adults can choose to use. It won't stop at cigarettes. It won't stop at age 21. If you're old enough to to sign a, a legal contract, if you're old enough to serve in our military and give your and give your life you're old for our country, you're old. Yeah, exactly right. This is just so ridiculous. Uh, and now you've got those cities who are out there pushing to raise the age to 21 too, because their businesses are suffering a loss of sales. That's economic harm. Uh, we're actually going to have a guy on next week to talk a little bit about this, especially the menthol cigarettes. Uh, and then there was also another question. Should a grant program be established to help teacher candidates of color or who are American Indians complete licensure programs 60% of you idiots said yes and I say hell no make the make the um teachers union figure this one out God knows they have enough of our enough of our money enough of our teachers money uh there are things that can be done to help encourage some some uh people of color or some uh women to get into these uh, into these uh career paths, but uh, do we need government to help them get into it? No, no, no. Hell no. The biggest story in Minnesota that came out this past week was the Minnesota Supreme, week or so ago, the Minnesota Supreme Court a week ago last Friday decided that Governor Dayton's veto of the House and Senate budgets earlier this year was constitutional. So apparently it was A-OK for Governor Dayton to line item veto uh, the funding for the legislature, and this is just the craziest ruling I've ever seen in in my life. And what's more interesting is um, the the ruling did not appeal the lower court 
ruling. And there were zero dissents. I know Howard talked about this last week, and and he's a lawyer and probably way smarter than me because he actually went to the court to listen to the arguments. He actually read the whole entire uh, rulings that have that have come out, both the lower court and now the Minnesota Supreme Court. So the the Minnesota Supreme Court said, "Hey, Governor Dayton and the legislature, guess what? You have to go into into." mediation and you just have to ask yourself how is this constitutional how is it constitutional for governor dayton to veto funding the legislature which ultimately accomplishes an unconstitutional result i called a lawyer friend of mine after this ruling came down and i said so the way i understand this if i as an individual citizen of minnesota would have filed the lawsuit i might have won because i'm the one who's being harmed whereas technically right now the legislature isn't out of money so they aren't really officially being hard harmed i gave wcco enormous kudos in the first article that they put out uh following this ruling um wcco actually flat out said uh governor dayton hat was a favorite in this case because governor dayton had appointed four of the six justices presiding in the case and i thought it was um doug you know i've had doug wardlow on my show before and Oh, yeah, he was out at the fair. I'm like, recently, as a matter of fact, yeah, he was out at the state fair with me. Doug Wardlow's running for Minnesota Attorney General, and Doug Doug Wardlow said the same thing. It seems to him that ordering the Minnesota legislature to mediation expands the governor's narrow negative veto, veto power, which is an unconstitutional result, and... Doug Wardlow agreed with with me, or I guess I should say I agreed with Doug Wardlow because he's way smarter than me on court stuff, too. Uh, Happy that the district court order was not vacated. So we'll have to see what happens uh, coming up. The thing that I want you to remember is when they agreed to all of this stuff, Governor Dayton said yes. Governor Dayton said yes. So now he's coming back in and he's saying, wait a minute, driver's license for illegal aliens, get rid of the tax cuts for uh, business, uh, real estate taxes. Um, I don't know. He had a few. Oh, and some other tax breaks, um, the inheritance tax, the death tax. But the bottom line is this. The things that Governor Dayton wants The things that Governor Dayton wants the legislature to renegotiate him with before he does not line item veto the legislature's funding, there are not 68 votes to get that done. There are not 68 votes to get driver's licenses for illegals. There are not 68 votes to repeal those tax cuts. That's a huge part of it that nobody is even talking about. So you have to pay attention. You have to pay attention to that. Uh, the other big story, horrible story. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I am just shocked when a, um, it was out in Orono, out in Stan's neck of the woods. There was a horrible murder-suicide. And it was a woman who killed her five-year-old son. And this was following a custody battle. And then there, there was an obituary that appeared in the paper for Jude Nicholas Sandberg, who was age five. And it said, Jude was a happy, energetic, and outgoing little boy. He loved to do any, he loved anything to do with cars. He loved fishing at the cabin and floor hockey with his dad and his brother, Nico. He was very social and made many friends in his five short years. His life was tragically cut short 
And here's the key phrase right here, people. This horrible, horrible, tragic, heartbreaking story in their attempt to find answers for the sorrow and the pain that they're that they're feeling right now. The family wants to try and make good out of this senseless t- tragedy. To that end, they will be working with senators and legislators to pass a new law, Jude's Law, in his name to require additional psychological testing in certain circumstances to prevent this from ever happening to another family. If anybody has been to family court, they know the last thing we need in family court is to give them any more power and control. The judges, the attorneys, a bitter spouse, a bitter uh, parent will step in and they will they will use this law they will abuse this law. And and the idea of giving the courts any additional power for psychological testing is just so crazy. And I think I'm really focused on so much of this stuff now is because it's Constitution Day tomorrow, and I feel like so many people have forgotten what the Constitution is about. They have forgotten what it's like to be free people. And every time I see people look to government, ask government, demand government, get more involved, take more power and control away from the people, it makes me so angry. And I and my heart breaks for this family. But the idea that you think it's a good idea to come in and pass a new law law that would give family court uh, the power to require psychological testing is nuts. It is just so nuts. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. There were lots more things. Um, I'm not doing very well keeping to my agenda. I keep getting sidetracked, Stan, and and there's so many things that happened in Minnesota. I've got this list as long as my arm, things that I want to tell you about. So stay tuned. Lots more coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130 and TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, look at the golfers. They scored a that touchdown. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. I really appreciate you listening. It feels great to be back with Stan in the studio, who gives me grief nonstop throughout the whole show. Look we're at gonna, those cupcakes. Man. We're going to talk a lot about uh, the things that you might not have heard about here in in Minnesota, and um, if you want to weigh in, 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855. Thousands of people have signed a petition to take down the statue of Christopher Columbus at the Minnesota State Capitol and replace it with one of Prince. 5,000 people. And it says, we the undersigned do not believe that Columbus represents the values Minnesotans carry. Prince represents Minnesota values. Christopher Columbus does not. I would kind of like to So we're all druggies, I guess, here in Minnesota. I guess so. The guy died of a drug overdose. Uh, That's one thing to look forward to, yeah. Oh, man, man, man. Uh, State officials who regulate Capitol statues are cool to the idea and not because of Prince. They say any new memorials have to be, have to, must have statewide significance and the person must be dead at least 10 years. Uh, like statues commemorating 
Hubert Humphrey, Charles Lindbergh, and Roy Wilkins, which I'm sure it's only a matter of time before those statues come down because this is just so, so, so crazy. Um, in addition to erecting a statue to Prince, the petition also calls for a second unspecified statue, one selected by Native Americans. Uh, Generally, it takes 10 years or more to propose, design, and build a statue or a memorial at the Capitol. Uh, statues, some of the statues that have um, been, they've wanted to put up, but they didn't make it, such as uh, Bob Hope, uh, Paul Wellstone, and, yeah, some others. So, Prince fans, go to Paisley Park. Uh, they're trying to get that declared a national, oh, that cracks me up, a national historic site. And, yeah, that cracks me up. Okay, anyway, um, this week, two Minnesota Somalian mothers have been charged in an investigation in genital mutilation. Uh, the This is months and months and months after bringing their daughters to a Detroit area clinic. Shame on the Minnesota legislature for doing nothing, nothing about this. Uh, we also had, you know, I tell you when we were out at the state fair, it's a great time to start taking a look at some of these candidates who think they want to be the next governor, the next attorney general, the next mayor, the next, I don't care, pick a, pick a race. Uh, and, and we are starting to get into, there's, there's elections coming up this uh, fall, which are mostly school board referendums, er, school board elections, city council and mayor elections, and school levy referendums. And they all want, they're all so greedy. They all want more, 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 more. I bet this year we see taxes go up at every level, at every level, schools, cities, counties, and state uh, they're just so greedy. They're so. If you want to keep your money, you're greedy. They never think they're greedy because they want to take more of our money. But there was a forum in Shoreview yesterday. Five DFL governor candidates not only said they supported legalizing recreational marijuana, but they also support raising the gas tax. And this, uh, they're greedy. They're just so, so, so greedy. Uh, Governor Dayton's chief of staff and deputy chief of staff met with a whole bunch of people from the Department of Homeland Security, and they have assured Minnesota that the federal agencies will honor our Real ID in extension. Now, we are still pushing Real ID. Shame on you, Republicans. You really let us down on this one. Uh, we are still pushing to get Real ID repealed. Uh, it should be repealed at a federal level. You know, you talk about giving up your security for a little bit of false, uh, a false feeling of, feel, of, of, you give up your constitutional rights and, and, and you, you don't even care that some of these laws gives government so much power and so much control and you give up your rights for a little bit of pretend security. Uh, we saw after September 11th, we saw the Patriot Act passed in that was a real ID, and this is just crazy. And and at one point in time, Minnesota was such a leader on this. Now they just hand over all our public information to the feds. 
Uh, and, well, you you know what will happen. Of course you do. We've talked about it over. In fact, Stan says I'm not allowed to talk about Real ID anymore because he's sick of talk about it, talking about it. Uh, the Minnesota Department of Public Safety apologized Monday for the rollout of their multi-million dollar computer system for vehicle licensing and registration. This has been a total disaster. If you bought a car, if you're ordering tabs, if you're trying to get your driver's license, gosh, I wonder if that has anything to do with real id shocker yeah it's it's just crazy so the legislators got real mad and they held some hearings and they brought in uh the public safety commissioner and they said we want answers and did they get answers oh hell no of course they didn't get answers and in the meantime people are still waiting for their license plates still waiting for their tabs still waiting for their titles and guess what there's a whole nother rollout coming with even more of it and you can be sure they'll screw that one up too oh it drives me crazy okay this week we want to give our congratulations to 79 minnesota students uh this is appropriate because school just started again 79 students received perfect act scores 36 perfect 79 students that's and about um Almost half of them, I think, were were public uh, public school kids who got who got a perfect score of 36. So congratulations to those 79 students. Uh, the average score for Minnesotans uh, was 21.5 compared to the national average of 21. Of course, Governor Dayton and Tina Smith jumped on top of that, saying, "Yay, rah rah, us!" And I will remind you again of of the fact that during our um the testing results that we just had come out of the minnesota department of education the minnesota comprehensive assessments came out 31 percent of minnesota students met each of the four benchmarks in english reading math and science that i mean that is just so astonishing i cannot i cannot believe people are not outraged and are not appalled and and that more people aren't demanding we shut down the these failing schools uh, the test scores have been stagnant during the past few years. This is after Mark Dayton said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to close that achievement gap. We're going to get our kids up to be the smartest one in the nation. And in the 2017 high school proficiency test, 48% of our students were were prepared in math, 61% were prepared in reading, and 56% in science. Only 31% scored college-ready in all four subjects. That's astonishing, people. Shameful. Appalling. Horrible. And no, more money isn't the solution. Uh, We got a big-time warning about pensions in Minnesota. Minnesota has gone from having 80% of what it needs to cover the promised benefits to having just 53%. That was Bloomberg that came out with that. Maybe we'll have to have Kim Crockett in to talk about that. Amazon. Everybody wants Amazon to come to Minnesota. Minnesota. Amazon is expanding. Uh, They want to build another... Just like they have in Seattle, they're promising five billion dollars in investment, fifty thousand dollars or fifty thousand jobs. I put up a great article on Facebook about why this is not the silver bullet that everyone thinks it is. That is not a magic recipe for uh, success, and that really might even be bad for the city's uh, 
It's on my Facebook page. You can go look it out. Some are speculating that the municipal income tax in Seattle is the reason they're expanding. Seattle's got a lot of problems. They jacked up their minimum wage. That's hurting them. They've got a high, uh, a high, they've got high tax brackets out there. Um, the the municipal income tax, um, and then what? Their mayor just had to step down. That yeah, that's crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, and remember this: when I bashed Scott Walker for signing that Foxconn deal, and that I mean that was horrible. That was horrible. And this is going to be just as bad. Yeah, we want the jobs, but we shouldn't have to bribe companies with just giving. You know, think of everything that we gave away to the Vikings for their stadium or the Twins or the Gophers. Gophers are a little different because the University of Minnesota, uh, still ridiculous how much money we gave them. Think of what we gave to Destination Medical Center down in Rochester. This is another bailout, and, and it just it – just, you know, you, you get so-called Republicans saying, you know, get in there, give them this really good pitch, Dayton, give them all this money, give them all these tax breaks, give them all these freebies, bail them out. It is just so wrong, 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 wrong. I can't hardly stand it. What about taking care of the businesses that we have here? How about making an environment that we can have that makes businesses want to come here and want to expand here and not relocate somewhere else? Uh, I have a few more things that I want to cover. Uh, Minnesota has a state park. We've got a, a pipeline update. We've got a green jobs update. Um, and, oh, yeah, because who could – a heroin update, because doesn't everybody want to have a heroin update? And I got to tell you about Club Jaeger. Club Jaeger's crazy. And, and, and the Democrats, of course, their solution is more, more handouts. It's all they got. It's all they have. It's so ridiculous. This Club Jagger story is quite the story. The, the owner gave money to David Duke, and the people working there found out about it, and they said, whoa, we don't want to work for a white supremacist. Oh, stay tuned. Lots more good stuff coming. Sue Jeffers, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com.